0: Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for shining on today. Usually, each week, we close the show with a thought for the day, but today, we're going to start with one. Author Evelyn Beatrice Hall wrote this line in a book about Voltaire, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Meet Sarah Taxler, a senior producer of The Daily Show and now a documentary filmmaker. Look for her film, Tickling Giants, about heart surgeon-turned-comedian Bassam Youssef.
1: So, Tickling Giants is about Bassam Youssef, and he's known as the Egyptian John Stewart, and he was a heart surgeon in Egypt, and at the start of the Arab Spring, his friend suggested that they make a show, so he decided to make a comedy show, and it became a huge hit, and he became one of the most famous comedians in the world.
0: A heart surgeon-turned-comedian? How did that happen?
1: Well working as a doctor, and had been doing that for several years, and uh, he and his friend, basically for fun, started making a show in Bessam's laundry room, and uh, putting it up on YouTube, and suddenly um, hundreds of thousands of people, and then millions of people were watching, And then they got a TV show, and he ended up leaving medicine to focus on on making the TV show.
0: Is the TV show still on?
1: TV show is not still on the air. The government had an issue with the jokes they were making about uh, politics and religion. And I think what's interesting is that in the last year or so, a lot of people um, from all over the political spectrum are starting to see free speech as something that is in jeopardy, at least to the extent that we're used to it. Different groups are, are coming together over that idea.
0: Sarah Taxler is our guest, and she is the director of Tickling Giants. How did you get this call?
1: Well, I actually have been working at The Daily Show since 2005. And in 2012, Basim and a few of his producers came to observe our show before they were going to go live before a studio audience. I was just blown away by the stakes of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't imagine trying to tell jokes in an environment where you know that the president may not like what you're doing and, and might try to to stop it. And at the time, that just seemed like a literally a foreign concept to me. So I asked Bassem if I could make a movie about him, and he said yes. This was your idea. Yeah. I mean, the show wasn't my idea. The show was all Bassam and his friends are. (laughs) But the movie uh, came from a conversation between me and Bassam.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And you named it
1: Tickling Giants? Yes. Yeah, there's a guy who's a writer for Bassam's show who's also a political cartoonist. And I was describing to him what I felt the crux of the story was about people finding creative, nonviolent ways to express themselves. And in Bassam's case, he's just telling jokes, but he doesn't know what the repercussions would be. And as I was telling talking, he started to draw this picture of a little bosom holding a a feather and this big giant had his foot over his head and you don't know is the giant going to laugh or is the giant going to stomp on him Mm. and it was about that risk and I felt like that really captured the point of of what I wanted to get across that tickling giants isn't just about Basim it's about everyone watching thinking about their own ways that they could be tickling giants in their own lives.
0: How does one afford if this isn't too personal a question to make a documentary in today's world?
1: I would say in one way it's not easy. It's expensive. And at the same time, I think it's the most affordable it's ever been to do your own art and, and your own creative projects, because everything is much more accessible. So for the beginning of the process, while we were shooting in Egypt, I was funding that myself. And that was really hard. And then I had an incredible stroke of luck, which is once we're done filming, we did a crowdfunding campaign on Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. And I sent the trailer and the announcement of the campaign to everyone I knew. And a bunch of those people for it to their friends so an acquaintance of mine sent the uh, trailer to a bunch of people she knew and one woman watched the trailer and uh, left it up on her computer and went about her day and her husband sat down just to check his email and he sees this trailer and presses play and it turned out that he was the CEO of Technicolor which is a huge film company and the next day I got a call that Technicolor wanted to executive produce the film so it was uh, just a total change in the entire path of the process. Because it made it huge by comparison to anything I ever could have done, and I suddenly had a full-time staff for a year working and editing and animating and doing color and sound, and it, it just made it into a, a huge feature film. I have goosebumps. <laughs> I have goosebumps. <laughs> it was the crazy. I I thought it was a prank at first. I was like, Is this one of my friends? That, you know, playing a joke oh on me? So God. it was it was incredible.
0: And these these are the gods of free speech working behind the. Scenes to get your project out there. Perhaps. That is fantastic. So a a trailer gets sent to a friend, gets sent to another friend, gets left open on a computer, and the the president of Technicolor?
1: Yeah, the CEO of Technicolor, Frederick Rose.
0: Oh, of Technicolor sits at that computer.
1: Changed my life, truly.
0: Now, is there going to be a senior producer position open at The Daily Show because someone named Sarah is off to make documentaries
1: for the rest (laughs) of her life? Uh, I'm still here. I'm still here. I think it'll just uh, depend how things go it's, it, you know, it's it's very hard work to make a documentary. And if you don't have the funding up front, it's it's really tough. So I think um, it's too hard to do documentaries on the side. It, it should be your full-time job if you're doing it. So we'll see how the future pans out in that way.
0: Tickling Giants, the story of Dr. Basim Youssef. And what's his future like now?
1: Bessam is living in Los Angeles. He is trying to get his own TV show, and he's auditioning for acting roles and trying out for writer's positions and just pursuing work here in the US.
0: Are you friends? Yeah, we are. I,
1: I talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Well,
0: the release date is here. Is this like a huge sigh of relief, or does the tension start all over again?
1: A little of both. I'm, I'm incredibly excited for this, but it's actually still tons of work because I'm doing the publicity for this release myself. So I'm every every day, it's just a, a late nights. <laughs> this is the the fun part because this is like, you've worked for years on this thing and all you want is for people to get to see it. And until now, it's been film festivals and some limited theaters. But this is the first time a really wide audience in this country can see the film. So I just can't wait to, to see what the reactions are. And I, I hope people see see it and start having conversations about stopping abuses of power and protecting free speech.
0: Look for the documentary Tickling Giants by Sarah Taxler. Now listen in as I get an education. Have you heard about the language of light and sacred geometry? Temple dances? Marianne Savino is here to teach me about the sacred temple arts. Marianne, how can I describe what you do?
2: I like to see myself as a alchemist of many practices. I like to work with sound vibration. I use crystal bowls and Um, tuning forks and I use mostly my voice so I also consider myself a A chantress. I like to use vocal toning and just organic sound that comes from the soul I speak something called the language of light which is a language of the soul that is not meant to be understood with the mind but rather felt with the heart and I do a lot of sacred temple dances that I've studied over the years I teach and practice them and I'm a channel for spirit and I just love working with the temple arts i I really am enjoying this time on the planet even with the challenges that are coming in we have so much um to look forward to i think if we're willing to just be present as much as we possibly can let me
0: ask you this do you think we're all channels for spirit
2: i think we all can be yeah why not i think if you have the intention and you activate your uh, energy, you your open up your chakras, your energy fields. I don't see why. I mean, yeah. I mean, some people like to say I was born with this gift, but we all have gifts. Everybody has gifts in them. I and mean, if you want to open up to channel, you can work with your intuition and, and, and you know do it like an intuitive development course. And that's how I started. I mean, I was always I always felt connected to spirit in some way, and particularly through through nature, through the elements and animals, that was my first. And then I started learning, you know, different various uh, modalities, uh, healing modalities, and I started to work on my my gifts, opening them up, and, and, you know, I think anybody can, absolutely.
0: So when you say you know this language of light, how does one learn that language?
2: I don't teach it because it wasn't taught to me. I believe we become activated. I believe that it's within us, there are codes of light, geometry that's audible and it's color, it's light, it's sound and it's inside of us and what I like to do is I like to help people activate and access them and then express them and they can be done through the voice, through speaking them I know many people who are artists who write them and paint them Um, I dance them. I think you can use, like, through movement. There's a woman, Jamie Price, who does them through sign language. She uses them with her hands.
0: Let me get clear on this. There are codes of light geometry, and you can dance them? Yes. Okay. Where did these codes of light geometry come from? The universe. The codes of light geometry are, what is their purpose?
2: Their purpose is for aligning us with spirit, opening up our channels, opening up to our gifts. I also feel they have a healing purpose. They can help us, assist us in a healing journey if we're on one, which most people are in some degree. So they definitely have the ability. When When I'm speaking them or dancing them, I do feel... A sense of peace come over me.
0: Codes of light geometry. Who first discovered them? Where were they found or downloaded? Well,
2: uh, in my case, as I said, I began through tonal sounding, like I was making these tones with my voice as a result of a sacred dance I had been studying for about a year and a half, two years. That came from um Hawaii. It was an ancient uh, dance that has been brought out into uh, out into the culture here now. And I began studying that many years ago. And one night in class, my voice started opening up. And then uh, many years later, I was at an event with two of my friends who um, were speaking these languages. And I was sitting there taking in this meditation. We were meditating on it. And all of a sudden, I started to feel something like, it was like an ecstatic experience. And then all of a sudden, I started speaking. A, a t- what, some people call it speaking in tongues. That's another version, if you want to, if, you, okay. if you're familiar. Right. Yeah, speaking in, in, t- in tongues. And um, I believe it's a language of our soul. Yeah, it definitely is. And we try to, try to understand it with the mind. is not really the way it works for me, okay. personally. I like to just feel it and let it just take over. Just so let it move. if you're on yeah.
0: a spiritual journey and you're in situations where you can be opened up to this energy, it is there in the universe just waiting for us to kind of open up to it, bump into it?
2: Absolutely. I feel there's two things. I hear a lot of people who, who work with this type of, of language that they channel it, and that is true. However, in my personal experience, I feel that we're not only channeling, because channeling is outside of ourselves, even though the universe is within, it's also inside of us. So, in a way, I would say it's infinite. It's out in the universe, but it's also within.
0: So, it's part of our own star quality as... Is-
2: Absolutely. Perfect way to put that. I Light love beings.
0: that. right. Because, I, yes. I know, it sounds crazy sometimes when you talk about it, but I do believe we are beings of light, and when we get to the other side, we will recognize each other as such. I say, why wait? Start now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's Start. fantastic.
0: So, feminine temple arts. You're teaching me so many things. I don't know about feminine temple arts. Tell me.
2: Okay. Feminine temple art, in ancient times, in, in many cultures, probably all the ancient cultures before patriarchy came in, there were priests and priestesses who were honed in certain abilities, and I believe some of it was also the language of light. Healing arts, such as could be Reiki, any type of healing modality, massage, sound therapy, what you know, any, any healing modality that we're using today that comes from the ancient times, were used in the temples in various cultures for people who were in need of healing or in need of some kind of assistance. Maybe they were going through a spiritual awakening and didn't know what to do. So there were priests and priestesses who honed their skills and people would come to them for this assistance. And it could be anywhere from like, for instance, I call myself a womb priestess because the womb is the energy of the mother. And it's not about just the physical reproductive system of the feminine. It's a vibrational frequency. Womb wisdom is the wisdom that we have inside of us, our creational energy, and it's sourced in the area of the womb, which is second chakra, which is our pleasure center, our sexuality, our creative energy. Um, And we're born for pleasure. I mean, our bodies are made to feel authentic, pleasurable energy, ecstatic energy. We're here to embody that. And so the priestesses and the priests, as I said, they were honed in specific skills to help individuals to heal, to transform, to, you know, celebrate life. And there were challenges, too. I mean, you know, with life comes the shadow and the light. We have to balance both of these energies.
0: Okay. So the feminine temple arts are...
2: Feminine temple art, sacred dance, sacred sound, using the language of light and other instruments, singing, chanting, uh, herbal infusions, um, massage techniques, different touch, different types of healing touch, Reiki. It could be anything that is healing to the individual. To, even to the collective, to the to the earth. All right. I'm, g- I'm
0: getting... I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning, Marianne. I'm learning. I think you know more than you're aware
2: of, and it's really you're remembering.
0: Ah, well, maybe that's true for all of us, right? Yes. We're remembering. Body love and pleasurable embodiment, That's that's part of this how.
2: Okay. The body love, I feel, in our culture, in our modern-day society... We don't really honor and nourish and nurture our bodies enough. I mean, maybe we go get a massage occasionally, but how much nurturing attention are we really giving to our own human body? What I teach women to do, and I haven't really had too many men come in for this. It's mainly women. um, I do teach a form of, uh, like, it's a womb-style massage that's on the outer belly, of course. It's not, again, it's not necessarily... Um, you're connecting to to your to your belly, mm-hmm. but you're working through the energies, the frequencies of the divine mother, which is a nurturer, which is the creational energy. And when we start to tap in to that creational womb wisdom and wake that up, well, we can do all kinds of healing and have fun and pleasure in our lives. And we're born to be ecstatically happy. We, we have a lot of sadness and a lot of challenges at times in life, and we have to remember that, okay, that is part of it because it is the balance, but to remind ourselves, okay, what can I do to love and nurture my body? Well, I teach people, women, as I said, to do the womb massage using herbal infusion oils. Sometimes I put flower remedies in them. Um, I put a prayer in them. I'll do a chant to it. And you can make your own oils. I also teach women to take spiritual baths. Mm. So if you make an herbal infusion like of sage and rosemary and basil or whatever flowers, roses, jasmine, whatever you have, you make it like a tea and you you draw your bath and then you put the herbal infusion into the bath and you could also put some essential oils. You wanna clear your energy fields. Maybe perhaps you were out during the day and you picked up some kind of energy that was chaotic or uncomfortable or heavy. Well, a spiritual bath is a great way to clear these energies. I also recommend putting some salt in because the salt also heals and clears the energy fields of any heavy density that we may have come in contact with.
0: Okay. Well, wow. Marianne Savino is our guest. We are talking about life and energy and connecting to the divine and energetic light codes and energy downloads.
2: If you'd like, I can give a very short little transmission of the light language sound so you can, because you really can't explain it. You have to really experience it and well, hear it and well, feel it. Well, let's go ahead. Okay. So, this is a transmission from the Divine Mother. And the Holy Father to help us feel peace today. Orum Kuriaran Iriachotorumara Alakurum Ariyanan Anforoshem Aracaturum Al Farol or Noriara Nadarum or Nadar. Alakundurman aria Arasoturum Ikatar Al Ashuram. Ara coriamo a miliaral, aracotor, ara son, shalam, oro, varia caratutanara, o meriana aparum, o seri shal, a curum, a ta, ala, ala, ala. Amen. So be it.
0: So that just, huh, okay. Wow, that just came out of you? Did Is that a memorized thing, or that was just a. What was that? That was
2: organically birthed in this moment.
0: Okay. So you just reached out to that energy, and that came through you.
2: I actually reached in, and as I reached in, I felt a funnel of light coming down into me. This is infinite. Everything that's within is out. Everything that is out is within. When you tap into these star systems like the Pleiades or Arcturus, um, Venus, even the moon energy, the Earth frequency right here on our beautiful blue jewel Mother Earth. I mean, we have this beautiful planet that we live on that's being bombarded with so much trauma and pain and and violence that um, I say a prayer for her every day and thank her for, you know, for holding me every day. Um, I think it's really important now than ever that we all each individually raise our own consciousness and work on healing our own wounding because when we work on thyself then collectively the whole world heals it's through working on the self through honoring and loving unconditionally loving and honoring ourselves that you know it's the, where the peace and the kindness and the unconditional love comes into play i, I really think that's so important today
0: Marianne Savino is our guest. I think for people who live in this light world like you do, as you do, it's a very uh, stark contrast from the actual world. Is that difficult?
2: It can be very difficult. I'm what's called a highly, highly sensitive being, and I think a lot of people are and don't realize it. And they found out that this is a trait. It's not a mental disorder, or it's actually... a a type of being that we are and we have to honor our sensitivity and with the the tension out in the world and the density, the heaviness we have to remind ourselves to be loving and kind and that's why these temple arts you know, the womb wisdom, the healing the body love, these are all opportunities for self-care self-love, take care of thyself and the world will be a better place
0: Here's my theory, and it's just my theory. I believe each and every one of us is an extra special, sensitive person, but we're just in different stages of shedding our stuff that covers it up.
2: Absolutely. Well said. I, I totally agree with you on that. Yep.
0: I think we're all the same that way, and we come here and just learn to get closer to what
2: we truly are. What, oh, that is beautiful. Yes. What
0: do you think is going to, what do you think life is like on the other side?
2: Well, uh, you know, that's a good question because I always go through these theories. Like sometimes I close my eyes and make the connection maybe to loved ones that have passed on. And I, it gives me some kind of comfort when uh, I can tap into them knowing that even though they're not here on the physical plane, that that doesn't mean it's the end of the connection with them. And whenever I close my eyes, I sometimes have flashbacks of when I have reached and gone on to the other side from other lifetimes, and I feel this beautiful, mystical lightness of being that just is is, is who we are when we shed our human suit, so to speak, our human body. Um, but we do come to the earth plane, I believe, to have experiences, to grow the soul through a human existence, because the soul, I I feel, can't grow unless it comes into some kind of a form, or at least it can't grow in the same way. There's something about growth through the human existence that's like nothing else.
0: All right. Marianne Savino is our guest. You are otherworldly, but what I want to ask you now is, what is one of your greatest earthly pleasures? Like, tell me that you love to watch Jeopardy or eat potato chips out of the bag. What what is your earthly delight?
2: I love chocolate. (laughs) Chocolate and watching a really good comedy or a romantic comedy. Yes, absolutely. You know what? We have to let ourselves be human. And it's okay to eat something that's fun and watch a fun movie and just go out and be in the human world because we're here. You know, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and we have to be human, and those are good things to do. Even eating potato chips is awesome. I love it. All right.
0: Where can people find more information about you?
2: You can go to my website at www.sacreddanceandsound.com sacreddanceandsound.com. I'm in the New York City area and I teach classes, give private sessions. I also offer sessions for those, uh, you know, who are not in this part of the world um via Skype and I do phone sessions too. Any final thoughts our listeners need to know this morning? Go out there today and be your magnificent self and just love yourself and have a great time because we deserve to be happy. We're all here to be happy and be loved and just go out there and have some fun today for yourself. Marianne
0: Savino, follow her on Facebook and at sacreddanceandsound.com. See you next week.
2: You've been listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show with Casey and Ella's Leash Production. The content of Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at CaseyRadio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show, next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD.